0: Adra, Amistro Bean, Hazarta. Ada,
1: Adir, Nawaz, give me the power I need of you. awake! You are all going to die tonight. I'm drawing a line in the bucket of sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read
0: it. Hello, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I'm Jennifer Lovely. And I'm Rias Hall. Well, Rias, what have you seen lately?
1: Oh, so much. <laughs> As we mentioned last week, we were in quarantine. And we still remain in such in quarantine. So, that gives us <laughs> time to watch things. Um, let's see. I have watched satanic panic which was a lot of what fun is- okay i've i've it's been on my watch list for a long time it's a lot of fun it's kind of goofy it's written by grady hendrix which i did not know until i watched it and then i saw the credits and i'm like oh he's one of my favorite authors so that was a. no i really want to see it <laughs> you know it's it's a dumb fun little horror movie oh yeah um I watched The Love God, starring Don Knotts, because it turns out that's kind of a comfort movie for me. (laughs) Have you ever seen it? I, I don't know if I have. I mean, I've seen a lot of Don Knotts stuff. It has amazing set and costume designs. It's like, he basically ends up getting Hugh Hefner's job... Except he's Don Knotts, and he doesn't really want to do a porn <laughs> magazine, but he's the figurehead for a porn magazine, and they give him this—they <laughs> give him this super modern bachelor pad apartment for 1968. Uh-huh. It's got a heart-shaped bed with a scoreboard on the headboard. Oh my! It is just. <laughs> over the top and then he does all these fat and they do all these fashion shoots with him so he gets to wear a million different crazy 1968 or 69 outfits absolutely amazing film it's that is that just sounds absolutely delightful it is it's fun it's not mentally or emotionally challenging and it's got great visuals so i've watched that um i've watched some terrible terrible things i watched a show called a movie called hands of steel it is about a it's from the 70s i believe it's about a guy who's a cyborg and he gets harassed by a bunch of arm wrestlers a gang of arm wrestling truck drivers are chasing him As well as some government agents. Okay. But these truck drivers keep challenging him to arm wrestling competitions. And he won't do it because he has that cyborg arm and he knows he'll kill them. And it's real dumb. (laughs) So that was a thing I watched. Um, One of the interesting things that's been going on a lot during the um, quarantine is that a lot of performers have been doing shows... That you can watch on the internet, and I watched one called Theater Macabre by the Boulet Brothers, and oh my god, it was the most perfect thing. It was like they looked into my heart and saw what I needed, (laughs) and apparently that is uh, satanic rituals, cannibalism, bloodletting—you know that kind—and 50s horror movies. Bless their heart, delightful. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was so beautiful, it made me cry. Aww. Just parts of it. Um and they're re-airing it. So if you're interested in that kind of gothic stuff, look it up. It's just called Theatre Macabre by the Boulet Brothers. It's on a website. I think it costs like ten bucks or something for a ticket. It is so worth it. It's Aww, incredible. That sounds awesome. Um and I watched a documentary called This is Super Marionation. You know Thunderbirds are Go? No? No. Uh, no. What was that World Police movie that the guys from South Park made? Oh, um. You know the one. Yeah. I, mean. well, I do. It's basically those animated marionettes that they would move around. And I watched a show about the history of those and the people that made them. And it starts off with incredibly primitive marionettes. And then it kind of goes up, follows them through until they're trying different experimental things like using humans walking and then cutting, or filming human legs and then cutting away to show you the marionette in the location so maybe they don't have to make the marionette walk. And, um... It is something I've never had any interest in, but it was a good documentary. I learned a lot, maybe more than most mortals need to know, but it was good. <laughs> About marionettes. <laughs>
0: um, I know uh, my friend Mila sent me a, um, a, a link because apparently there's something out there called Digital Drag Fest now, where if you uh-huh. click on it, it's it's got links to just, I saw at least twenty, and I know it just kept going and going and going. Where all of these performers are doing um, yeah. drag performance shows, and you can just—they're mm-hmm. only like ten bucks
1: each. That's
0: and, what uh, the Billy Brothers was,
1: thing was—is part of.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was part of that. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, Um there was a couple of them. I think it, I think it might have been Nina West because it just said yeah. Nina does uh kid-friendly drag, which I was like, oh, was I should fun. look into that for Tekla because. um We've just been, I've been watching, I did watch a bunch of movies, uh, a couple of new things specifically for this episode, um, and rewatched some stuff that had been just long enough since I've seen it. So that's stuff mm-hmm. I'll talk about when we, like, talk about the theme.
1: Um, yeah, I... But I've been... Go ahead. Oh, I watched a movie for this theme, which ended up, I could not even make it through. Oh, no. It was a stranger, stranger by the Lake. Which came out? It's huh. it's completely filmed outdoors at a lake. It is a miserable looking lake. Like they don't have beaches; they just have like rocks, and all these yeah. guys are lounging naked on the rocks. Oh, this was the, the, the this is the one where dicks are just a dangling in every scene. So, if that's your that's your jam, <laughs> like- yeah. I mean, it takes place at a gay at a nude beach, which is a gay cruising spot. Okay. So you're gonna see but a it was, lot of. But it was dudes. a
0: terrible movie.
1: I don't think it would have been. It, it's, a, it's a slow-moving French Hitchcockian thriller. Light on the hitch, heavy on the cock. Um, it's got some. It's got a couple of hardcore sex <laughs> scenes in it that came from nowhere and startled me whoa it's like wait i'm i was just used i was just getting used to seeing those things dangling around i don't want to see them in use um a lot of people i know some some people i know really liked it i just didn't make it through it just it was too slow for me it was yeah yeah i just i didn't like any of the characters they weren't engaging and i just wasn't my jam But it was filmed entirely outside, which will be a nice segue when we get around to doing our talk about movies tonight. What have (laughs) you been watching?
0: I have been, I've been watching a lot of TV. I've actually been, I've been reading a lot because I had hit a point where I was doing a lot of like, Nonfiction and political and feminist theory stuff, and and I've hit the point where I can't even fucking look at that stuff right now. Like everything nope. is just too too fucking terrible. I am I am reading paranormal romances and uh, that kind of foolishness. Um, so on Disney Plus, they just uh, premiered Onward, which
1: is the the movie where yeah I uh, I could not make it through that. It was no oh. oh, too much yelling. Okay, well we really loved it.
0: Um, it's a uh, Basically, it's in a world where all of the magical things still exist, except they kind of discovered technology and kind of evolved out of magic use. And uh, um, oops, are you, oops, you're still there. Okay. Um, and you have uh, these two brothers, and they still live with their mom. And their father had died of. You, I think it's impressed upon them that it's cancer that he died when he was like the, the youngest brother was really young. And uh, they go on this magical quest and it's got a lot of d d notes on it and it was very sweet and it kind of did this little, um, <sighs> the story didn't go exactly where you thought it was going to go at the end of it. Um, and it was just something that all of us as a family really enjoyed. Um, I'm looking,
1: f- up- I'm looking forward ahead. to seeing it. It's just that. We were both at home trying to work really hard and Monty put it on in the background and it was just frenetic and action-y for like the first 15 minutes. And I was like, we're going to have to come back to this. I cannot focus on my work with this going on. There's a
0: lot of stuff. Exactly. There's a lot of stuff going on with this. It's all over the place. Um, I was so excited when they finally created a film TV version of The Alienist. Um... Based on the, I really liked, and I just started watching it, and I recorded it when it was originally on TiVo, and then, Mm -hmm. um, like, I just, I was gonna watch it with people, never did, so I like, I was like, finally, fuck it, it's like two years later, I'm going to watch it, and I'm like halfway through it, I just need to, it's one of those things that I'm like watching on my own, and I don't get that much time on my own right now, yeah, um. Caught up on The Flash, which made me... And The Flash and we started watching Supergirl because we watch our superhero shows. And uh, it was funny because um, one of the comments was he said something like, Great Barney Fife. Or no... Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, but that charmed the hell out of me. Another um, Don Knotts reference. It's Don Knotts. Yes! Right here on Doctor. I Read know so much Don Knotts. <laughs> um, and uh, we started watching Doctor Who with Tecla, starting in the David Tennant years. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, while really liking the Eccleston season, um, it was a really hard season for me to start having not watched the older Doctor Who. Um, so I ended up starting with David Tennant. Like I started the Eccleston like a couple of times, just couldn't get into it. Started with David Tennant, watched the whole stretch of him and Rose, and then went back to Eccleston and absolutely loved it. It was just Tennant was an easier intro to right. the and Who
1: stories. Sometimes you're just like like we were talking about earlier with sometimes it's just not the right time for that yet.
0: Exactly, exactly. And Tecla seems to be really liking it. So we're pretty much doing them just like an episode at a time. So with that, we'll probably, you know, catch up to the current Doctor in a couple of years. But <laughs> we're really enjoying it. Well, that's good. Um, the, the only other horror movie that I saw, um, which doesn't really go with the theme, is um, I did a one-week um, trial period of Showtime, and they had Hellfest. Um and it's, it's the one where they go to one of those scares um, and there actually is a killer there trying to kill them. And it was, and the thing is, it's like, I'll like check things out on letter, Letterboxd. And if I get people that like, we just absolutely do not like the same stuff and they're like hating everything that I enjoy, I, I end up unfollowing them. So it's nice to have like a varied group of people where I'm like, oh, what did people think of this? And People seemed to, like, there were a bunch of people that really seemed to like Hellfest. It was just not for me. It just seemed really mediocre. Yeah. And I didn't particularly hate. Yes, Podcat.
1: <laughs> Hi, Max. <laughs> How you doing, Kitty?
0: No. Oh, did you hear Ryaz? And um, it was just, it was, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't very good either.
1: So, um, I watched The Perfection last night, which I really liked. The one about the cello players.
0: It's really interesting. I, I ended up like hitting a point where I was like, wow, I just, I can't. And I,
1: (laughs) yeah, it gets a little bit David Lynchy here and there, but not, not strong David Lynch, like just a little bit surreal here and there. And it's got a lot of twists and turns in it. I really enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) I'm really glad you did. (laughs) You know, um, it was one of those where I stopped it and I went back and I, I read the Wikipedia plot on it. And I'm like, do I want to necessarily watch the rest of this? And I was like, no, but I'm kind of interested in how they do this finale. And so I kind of like really quickly fast-forwarded through like the last 40 minutes of it and just caught that big gonzo finale that that movie has
1: oh well yeah
0: and and called it good all right <laughs> you know it just wasn't it wasn't for me you know i am so glad last week though that you suggested doing movies in the outdoors um because it's funny i, I what did i message you about something where i was no i think it was bob where i was talking about like i'll see movies where stuff's going on and people are like really close to each other you'll see really big crowds and i'm like oh like it just kind of stresses
1: me out right <laughs> it's triggering now <laughs> and,
0: yeah and it's just it's just something as weird now that that wasn't <clears throat> you know a month ago um or two months ago five months ago whatever um but a lot of these are very a lot of the movies i watched were very like single people anyway yeah just um uh, any, I I don't know. I'm I'm digressing. A lot of mine are groups
1: of people. I think. Yeah. Some are, a lot some of mine are. like
0: individuals um, or very small groups of people.
1: I specifically tried to avoid movies that I know we've talked about, so I didn't put yeah. Midsummer on there. I didn't put um, The Ritual on there because I know that those are both great outdoor movies, but we've talked mm-hmm. them to death.
0: Yeah, I I put it on there, but I just wasn't going to spend a lot of time talking about them. Okay. Uh, so, what what was your... Uh,
1: I don't know. You go first. <laughs> I was right. going to find some better way to put it, but you go first. Okay, I think I've got, like, nine or ten movies here. I don't have a giant list. Yeah, um, mine's kind of them, kinda small. Some of them are older, some are newer. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one on my list is from 1979. It's directed by John Frankenheimer, who is a real director who did... Like the Manchurian Candidate. He did real yeah. serious films. But in 1979, he made a film called The Prophecy. Um, now, you might yes. be thinking it's the one about the fallen angels, but no, it's the one about the mutant grizzly bear. Bear. <laughs> um, I saw this in a drive-in when I was in my early teens. When it first came out. So, yeah, 79. So I would have been maybe Tecla's age. 12 eleven, twelve-ish, maybe. I don't know. I'm really bad at math, so cut me a break, guys. Um, but yeah, it's basically these people are in a cabin. There's a logging company that's doing some illegal stuff. They're dumping chemicals in the lake, and the animals are and the animals are going crazy. And then a grizzly bear mutates into a giant rubber monster and just starts ripping people's heads off. Hither hither, and yon, he attacks a bunch of people who are just sitting in their car, driving through the woods. It is a very direct, straightforward 1970s horror film. And I like it a lot. (laughs) You know, I have good memories because of the drive-in thing. Yeah. And also, I kind of like the way that back then they would just... They would often put environmental messages into the films, like Larry yeah. Cohen with "It's Alive." That was all about people yeah. eating foods with too many chemicals in them. Oh, there's a fire truck!
0: Yay, fire trucks!
1: Yay! <laughs> um,
0: just because you brought up bears, two of the movies that I watched this week um, had had bears. Um, probably the. I don't know. They were both really interesting. I watched Backcountry. Oh, I um, watched that one. Yeah. Um, it has a uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, they're uh, hiking out to this special part of this park uh, that he remembers really fondly from childhood. And, um, you know, it, it starts off, it's got, you know, that for for boating moment where he's talking to the park ranger where he uh tells them repeatedly he doesn't need a map because he knows his way so well oh this is a they're different
1: country from the one i watched
0: oh <laughs> um this is all one word back country um well anyway they uh start start their hike out they're only planning to be out there i think they're getting out there like Friday night, and they're planning on returning Monday morning, and they kind of leave their schedule with everybody, and uh, while they're hiking out there, um, they run into this, (sighs) if you've seen the first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, it's got Jesse shows up, um, kind of in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, offering to be their their, their guide. Okay. And he comes across as the fucking skeeziest guy on the planet, and he is doing the worst Irish accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> for, for appearing no apparent reason. Um, and it kind of, like, sets off a little bit of a fight with them, and, you know, he he hikes with her and they of course go off the beaten track. Um, They turn, they turn Jesse down, whose name isn't Jesse and I don't care. Um, They turn him down to be their tour guide and they head off like through the middle of nowhere. And it's kind of a rough, a rough, you know, hike. And they come across this crest and he's like, ta-da, here's this beautiful lake that I wanted to show you. And it's They've, they're utterly and completely lost, and he realizes he doesn't know where they are at all. Um, she goes digging in her bag for her cell phone, and he took it out of her bag and he left it in the car because she spends all of her time on the cell phone, and he didn't want her just dicking around on her cell phone the whole time. Well, the man always so knows best.
1: Always, I knows know. Best. <laughs>
0: um, um, and while uh, they are, they, they're like, okay, we'll just bunk down for the night, set up camp um he's been seeing uh a bear uh tracks and such and there is a bear attack and their fight to get back um and it's really tense and the movie kind of changes tone like three quarters of the way through and it kind of comes becomes slightly a different movie um but its practical effects are really gory and terrifying and the bear kind of scares the shit out of you
1: well yeah um, bears are scary
0: Bears are huge and and terrifying. Um, I really liked it um, when it kind of changes tone a little bit at that three-quarter mark. Um, It kind of lost me a little bit, um, but I still really enjoyed it. Uh, The other one that I watched was Body at Brighton Rock. um, And it's a recent movie uh, that this woman is a park guide. Um, and she is starting out with like the, the group of all the park guides. And she typically is the girl who just puts flyers out. Um, and she's kind of, you know, shamed by the rest of the people that she works with that she just doesn't do the job as well or know as much. And she's kind of just the person that fills flyers and puts up things. I mean, she doesn't work very hard at her, you know, park guide job. And it's, you know, just a little bit off of LA when you're up in the hills, Um, So it's like they filmed it like two hours out of Los Angeles. And um, anyway, she switches with someone to take kind of the the back area, which is takes up to this place called Brighton Rock. And she's just this dippy girl that you you, as she's, you know, (laughs) wandering around, taking selfies, you know, going up to this this area. She she falls and does a barrel roll down this hill, losing her map along the way, of course. Um, and it's really funny because there's this point where she's doing all of these incredibly stupid things, and she gets a hold of her her manager, um, and they're like, "Why the fuck did you do any of those stupid things?" And you're like, "Thank God!" Like, you know, they didn't just <laughs> yeah. they didn't just leave all the stupidity as like these horrible plot points that nobody calls attention to. Um, it just, you know, it's, uh, she, while she's out there, she finds a body and they tell her that she has to secure the area. And while right. they don't really know where she is, they're probably going to be there the next morning. She should, in her pack, have enough to make it through that night. And a bear shows up and all kinds of wacky hijinks ensue. Um, and it, I, was kind of charmed it was you know it's she definitely does stupid things and you just want to shake the shit out of her um as she's just being an, an absolute moron sometime but it it wasn't to a point that it seemed not believable you know she just seemed like some dippy girl who thought you know hey well i'll keep super fit while i'm walking around this oh, summer yeah, yeah. you know being a park guide it won't get be too job. hard it'll and be great it's a job it'll be great and then you know everything goes horribly wrong um I liked it. I didn't love it. But it just, you know, she fights off a bear. (laughs) So there we are for our bear movies. So what do you have for your next outdoor movie?
1: I have a 1972 movie, which may, depending on how you look at it, is or is not a horror movie. And that is Deliverance. Um, Oh, yeah. Got Burt Reynolds. It's got John Voight. Um, Where's my notes? I have never and actually seen Deliverance. It's Burt Reynolds, John Voight and Ned Beatty. Now, the f- basically it's these three businessmen who like to go out and go fishing on the weekends and they decide that before this river gets dammed up, they want to go down this river, canoe down this river and go fishing and camping for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um and at the drop-off point there's this little it's like this little town full of It's really classist, but they're basically inbred, inbred yokels, inbred hillbilly yokels. Um, in fact, they are the inbred hillbilly yokels that all of inbred, that all of them in movies have been based on as far as I can tell. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. It's not the coronavirus, it's the asthma. (laughs) I'm very familiar. Um... So they go down this. They go, start going on this thing, and the, the yokels are following them and hunting them. And it's. I don't want to go into too much detail on it because if you haven't seen it, and a lot of people haven't, um, yeah. some stuff goes down. But what's interesting is that I read the book. Mm hmm. A huge portion of the book takes place before they get to the river I mean in the movie you see them meet up at the morning they leave and get in the car and go to the river and they kind of cover everything the book is like a celebration it was written in the like late 60s and it's all about men and masculinity and it's fascinating as an artifact It is an unfortunate artifact because Yeah. Yeah, they talk a lot of they Yeah. But it's a lot about how the two guy the one guy's a super outdoor nut and he works out all the time and the other one of the other guys is like his fishing buddy who's maybe not as much of an outdoor nut, but he goes out a lot and he camps and fishes. And then the third guy is this guy that's a friend of theirs who occasionally goes fishing, and he's the soft one. He's the person that's not manly like the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And during the trip, things happen, and he loses, the guy who's soft loses face, and it's a lot about the social positioning of the men. Yeah. And um, it's very interesting in contrast to the film, which is kind of just a basic survival movie where some bad stuff happens, and they touch on that at the beginning and end of the movie. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, So that is a film you should see anyway. It's directed by John Borman, who's kind of a lunatic. He did Excalibur, for instance. And uh, (laughs) I wouldn't say it's a good time, but it's a really interesting movie, that is, and, ki- very and kind very much of, just, of its era.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of a uh, example. It's a little lens of that time period,
1: <clears throat> right? So that's the other one I have. Those are my two oldest movies, I believe.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to go kind of a I'm going to go a real different direction than Deliverance, um, and almost uh, kind of go horror light with a movie called Ragnarok. Um, I believe it was out of Norway. Uh, it's from 2013.
1: It's kind of a it's almost. in that. No. Okay.
0: N- no, I don't think so. It's all. They're all. Uh, basically, it's it's this archaeologist. Um, he discovers uh, that this Osberg ship. Um, kind of hides a secret from a Viking age. So he takes his two kids on this huge camping and hiking trip because he wants to find out the truth about this, the ship and and that there might be ruins on it. And he takes them up um, kind of between Norway and Russia. Um, And they take this, the really cool thing is they bring this woman, um, or do they run into her? But she's just like amazingly capable, and like um, it's kind of you know a family story of them, you know, kind of learning a little bit more about each other. But they end up; uh, it's kind of um, goes a little bit into Norse mythology, where of course you have Yay! like a giant worm monster uh, that that they end up finding, um, and it you know it's just it's just a a fun you know kind of scary. Um, movie that you know it's like it's something i want to show tecla because she is willing to watch foreign language um movies and so it'd be something that's a really 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 fun watch but while you know having like a kind of a spooky story and
1: okay having thrills really cool. and ad- it
0: thrills and adventure it's just a lot of fun it was streaming on netflix uh, a while ago i don't know if it still is but it's a lot of fun
1: so off to you uh, because I just talked about Deliverance, I want to talk about another movie that's kind of similar, except it's set in a swamp. And that's um, Southern Discomfort, directed by Walter Hill from 1981. Okay. And it is about a gr- national Gu- a group of National Guard soldiers who are on maneuvers in a swamp. They're under on training mm-hmm. maneuvers. And they piss off a bunch of Cajuns who then end up stalking them through the movie and it's Mm -hmm. got an amazing cast uh it's got powers booth keith carradine peter coyote and one of the uh the head cajun is played by brian james who you would know if you saw him he's like a huge blonde dude who's always playing a biker or another villain yeah he's in a hotel motel hell as a biker i think Mm-hmm. Um but yeah it's it's I really like it. It's more of an action movie than a horror movie. It doesn't have any supernatural elements, but it's I I really liked it a lot. And it's hard to explain why cuz I'm not into action movies. I'm not into manly man movies. But when I was thinking <laughs> about movies that are set outdoors that I enjoy, that one's on the list. Cuz I really like Walter Hill. He directed The Warriors. Um, and a bunch of other stuff I like. Oh, what do I have noted? The Warriors and 48 Hours. He's got some range, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, my next one I'm going to do,
0: try not to take as long with this as I did with the other one, but I've got another, that kind of pair, because they're, they kind of tell, like, the same kind of story. Right. I discovered I really like... Um, where you send a group of people off, like off into the wilderness, or off to a mental hospital, or off to something, <laughs> where, you, you wherever, where you're sending these group of people off into something that's spooky and strange, and they're isolated right. in a way, and then things start going wrong. You don't know if they've become um, unreliable narrators. You and, and yeah, and I especially like it when reality doesn't seem to work. The way it's supposed to anymore and the two movies that i have um that i really liked that did that was um i really like um the yet pass incident mm. um which i think also goes by a different name let me see if i can pop into it really quick and see if it yeah shows. i think
1: it's isn't it called the mountain or something like that
0: it might be i i it's not telling me, um, oh my gosh, it's by Renny Harlan, which is hysterical. And yet I still like it. Um, <laughs> so basically these five young filmmakers, they are retracing the steps of a doomed group of hikers um, in pursuit of um, just this uh, this group that disappeared. Um, right. The
1: actual Dyatlov in the pass Russian incident, pass. is really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a take on that of they oh. they disappeared on their route and they follow that route and things go really really wrong. Um I just I found it to be a lot of fun and when it detours off, it goes in a grand way. Um and and uh the reality is is it's messing with you and messing with them. It was just a lot of fun. Um the other one that I really liked which I was like, I rewatched it because I wanted to see if I liked it quite as much. And I rewatched it, and I still like it just as much. And I go and I put my rating on on Letterbox, and I see that you had seen it and you just hated it. <laughs> and I, it was Yellow Brick Road.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking it's about all that. One really. word. I yeah, did hate it. it. I felt like, oh, I wanted it to be so much better than it was. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I, you liked just, it.
0: Yeah, I really like it because I do. I like it when they're, you know, they're off, and it just gets. It just, so basically, um it's this group in the 40s, uh, it, it, aren't they in like, I think they're in Maine or something, anyway, but anyway, they're in this like small town area, and this group, for no reason, just kind of wanders off along this, yeah. this road, Every- and they all disappear. Yeah,
1: everyone in town walks up this path and disappears
0: appears. And so they're in modern day and they want to retrace this route and the the town folk are really like they just hate they don't want to talk about this at all and they go and they they go see the local movie theater and the woman working there decides that you know, she's like oh I know this area and my grandfather was a part of you know that party and I know a lot about this so I should absolutely come with you and uh, they start their journey and there is weird time loop and uh, reality just fucking with people and things where it's just like if one person just wanders a little bit off from everybody, like all of a sudden they're almost in like a different place or different reality or experiencing things differently
1: because they literally right. have there's people like on random music that just comes out of the air that deafens nowhere. people.
0: And it just fucks with people. And it is really... Now, both of these movies are not big, big story movies. Um, I think with both of them, I just kind of liked the people. Even if I disliked them, like, I I, I, I just found the humanity in all of them. And I think that's a, that's a big part of it for me, if I like their, like, little weird journey. Like, I have to just like them for whatever reason. Because if it's just a group of people... Like, Jim and I were talking about it afterwards, that... Um, a movie where I had it was another like, you know, large group of people going on an adventure where I hated it was the um, the sequel to Prometheus
1: because it oh, felt I didn't like it was trying to follow.
0: One. Yeah, I was. It felt like they were trying to be Alien again, except nobody was memorable. And and everybody was just cannon fodder and you're like, okay, well, so-and-so just died and that person just died and I don't even know their names and who the fuck are these people? So it's like, you know, sometimes if people are able to just in a very quiet little way, give you a little bit of their personality as they're telling the story, um, you want to go there with them. Whereas if you get a director who's just trying to go for the big bombastic adventure and you don't give a shit about anybody, you just don't fucking care. So it's like there's a lot of times where I'll take a very small story with interesting people, as long as I believe in what they're doing. Um, but I I do really like these little movies. A lot see, of times, lower lower budget, where the reality is just fucking with them, and I can take it going like a really weird direction.
1: See, I I like I li- I don't like movies where the ending is where they never they never seal things up at the end. It's just kinda mm-hmm. Oh well and then we ended the movie this way because well there was so this in the beginning of the movie and they kinda go together and that's what I felt about Yellow Brick Road. Mm-hmm. I just it was just not for You're me. Like,
0: why did this happen to them? Yeah. Or why is this their
1: resolution? It has yeah it gets a weird David Lynchy thing mm-hmm. going.
0: And it's so funny that like, when things get really weird in certain movies, I'm like, no, I totally don't like that. But in these ones, I was like, yep, I'm in. (laughs) All right, then. So off to you.
1: (laughs) All right, let's go with something a little more of a horror movie, shall we? That's what have I got. Mm -hmm. I've got Razorback, which is directed by Russell Mulcahy. And up until then... Russell Mulcahy he had only been doing music videos. He was doing musical videos for like Duran Duran and a lot of really visually inspired bands. Um, so his, then he did this horror film set in Australia called Razorback about a giant pig that is running rampant over the country and killing people. And it is an amazing film because it looks like a music video. Like, in the beginning, there's, like, this <laughs> smoke cloud and this guy walking out of the smoke cloud toward his truck, and it's so beautifully shot for, like, what is basically a standard low-budget monster flick I, I that I absolutely, I love it. Also, the guys and all the people in Australia, I'm convinced, now drive giant, like, pickup trucks with barbed wire and spotlights and extra medals on them. Because I learned that <laughs> from, uh, obviously, the Road Warrior movies. And I didn't realize it was still <laughs> happening in the present until I saw Razorback, which is, of course, a documentary about life in Australia. <laughs> And that one, when did that come out? I got it written down, I swear. It was from 1984. Um, Russell Mulcahy he went on to direct Highlander, which is a beloved classic. Yes. <laughs> also looks kind of like a music video. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I highly recommend, if you're looking for a good, solid, rampaging, wild animal movie, go with Razorback. It's a product of its time and it's delightful
0: I uh, I kind of did a little bit of digging because I wanted to find something that took place in the winter Um, because there's just something so horrible about being trapped in the outdoors when it's horrifically cold and um, a movie that is from a director I don't particularly like but I thought that this was one of his best films was um, Frozen uh, by Adam Green.
1: Is that the one with the um, ski lift?
0: It is. It <laughs> is. Um, they're basically um, two guys and a girl. And in order to try and save money, they kind of um, kind of sneak in uh, and to this um, ski resort and uh, basically, they kind of—I think they kind of bribe the the chairlift operator, and it's like the last run of the right, night. Right. Like and us so they're not one last
1: time. Yes,
0: and so they're not really official. And so when the storm starts rolling in, they stop it. Except they're up really, really high, and everybody leaves because this huge, horrifying storm is rolling in, oh. and they're up so high that they can't just jump down and. It's just it it really presents well the horror of being just horrifically cold and what it can do to your body
1: and, and alone and and isolating and Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's um really just surprisingly well done um yeah. and scary. And uh it was just it was it was just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it.
1: I feel like one of the things that movie really does well is express the feeling of isolation of Mm -hmm. being alone that far from anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that as well.
0: So back to you.
1: Um, My winter movie is by directed by Andre Overdahl who did Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I also really enjoyed. Ooh. But it is one of his earlier films. It's Troll Hunters. Another winter horror oh, film. Oh, it's on my list too. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Another winter horrorish film. Um, basically, some students are going to, into going to study bear attacks. Yeah, and um, they meet up with this guy who's going to be their who is like they think is going to be their guide, and it turns out mm-hmm. that he's actually hunts trolls. Giant, Mm -hmm. giant Norse mythology, snow creature trolls. And they kind of get taken along on this adventure with him. It's really, really a much better movie than it deserves to be.
0: (laughs) I know. I resisted watching it for the longest time. Um, I know. I
1: was like, I don't want to see it.
0: And it just sucked me in. I, I loved how how very much a story of where it's from because mm-hmm. the presentation of the trolls is very different than anything us in the U.S. would imagine a troll right. being. Right. It's not like the, um,
1: yeah, it's not like a big rock yeah. creature. It's not like a, like a J.R.R. Tolkien troll. They're these. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You, you, you definitely feel like you are getting an older story um, mm-hmm. that just seems so very different from anything else that you've seen. And that's what made it so amazing. Yeah, and it and have, well just being a fun story.
1: And it has some really great fairy tale elements that are kind of sprinkled yeah. through it that are that yeah. So Troll Hunters mm-hmm. is probably gonna be my winter outdoor horror movie on the list. <laughs>
0: um I had I had been looking into watching um let me see if I can see the uh director's name um larkin finnegan i just had a new movie come out and let me because i'm gonna fuck up the name of it because it's he just did um vivarium which i don't know if you've seen the trailer for it's got um jesse eisenberg
1: I think is the name. I have pronounced? never heard of it. Vivarium. That's where you Vivarium just
0: came out. And it's also got Emma Jean Poots in it, which, you know, I just love her and and her name. Um, but anyhow, I was mentioning that I was really interested in watching it. And a friend online mentioned that he had done an earlier movie called Without Name. Uh, that he oh, liked I was reading about more. that today. It, so what I will say is um, overall, I enjoyed it. Um it is a, a land surveyor is hired um to survey a kind of unnamed woodland area. And he has a, a female partner that works with him because it's kind of hard to survey those kind of larger areas by yourself. Um and the movie oh <laughs> there is just one of those movies where it's kind of long or it's it, it's it it shows its creepiness by long drawn out shots of like (laughs) a family sitting at a table looking really unhappy with each other or you know when he's out in the woods and and he's getting this inkling that something's not just right you're you, you know there's a couple of times where they do it and it's it's really satisfying where um you're looking out into the woods and all of a sudden darkness falls in like between the trees it just seems really creepy but then they have other times where there there's this really tight focus of the like the lichen that's on this tree and it kind of moves a little bit where it almost seems like it's moving a bit but all of the time that they do these like kind of creepy focused on a singular item they just go on too fucking long. Like I don't know if he needed a partner directing with him, or if he was just a newer director at that point. And who knows? There might be people out there who that's just their fucking jam. They want it to be as slow. As, yeah, I'm not as into that frozen molasses. But it is. <sighs> so I don't. Oh, I don't think this is <laughs> terribly spoilery. I mean, it is kind of spoilery. So f- spoiler warnings. Um it is kind of the story whereas with a haunted house occasionally you get houses that are just bad. Oh. Well this wooded area is just kind of bad. Oh yeah, um, that happens. Yeah. And uh and and uh Hinky Spooky, um, you know, they, they the the locals warn them to sleep in their pajamas, uh, with them inside out to protect themselves and oh, so i mean it really yeah, does fairies. work with the lore it is yeah it's it's very much fairy story um and so i mean the thing is it is it's an interesting story but i swear to god they could have re- they could have like taken like you could 15 of,
1: minutes guys i know it just
0: it could have it could have been so much shorter if they have just shortened up some of those goddamn shots because how long do we need to stare at that you know um but it, it is lovely, and it does involve a uh, beautiful mythology, um, but Jesus, fuck, I like myself a slow movie sometimes, but it just, like, <laughs> there were points where I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, get a move on, dude, drink some coffee, I don't know, something. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was interesting, and I, you know, if you like a slower movie that's just got that creepy feel, absolutely check it out. It was an interesting, and I am really looking forward to seeing that Vivarium because uh, it just looks creepy, twisted, and weird. Um, I don't, did you said you? I've never heard of it. I didn't know okay, the so thing. Okay, so it just came out. Um, it has absolutely nothing to do with the current theme, but basically, this couple uh, is going to see a home for purchase, and they drive into um, one of those. You know, all of the homes are exactly the same. Oh and they yeah. drive up and this guy is waiting there to show them the house number 9 and he looks creepy as fuck. He just has this like plasticine kind of like not found in nature kind of creepy man and he shows them the house and then leaves. And they're like, yeah, it's not really for us. And they try and drive out. And uh, Emma Jean Poots is is driving them out. And they just can't leave. They just keep circling back to the house. They find a, a rickety ladder. They climb up. This is just in the trailer. I haven't seen the movie yet. But they climb up to the top. And it's just, it's that that housing for as far as the eye can see. And they're trapped there. And and um, they keep meant that the, the the realtor who showed it to them, who was creepy as hell, was like, oh, this is the perfect place to, you know, raise a child. Do you want to have children? And all of a sudden they find a box in the yard and they open it up and it's a baby. And she looks at him, and she goes, it's a boy. And on the box it says, raise him and, we, we, and we'll let you go.
1: And Aww. it's just... Yeah, this and looks crazy. And weird and, I'm reading yeah, just, I'm reading the synopsis of it on Wikipedia. Uh huh. It's full of spoilers, so I'm not gonna mention it, but I'm
0: yeah, not gonna It was only like nine bucks to buy it, so I just I bought it and I'm like, if it's if it's fantastic, great. It just looks weird and trippy and strange, and I'm definitely gonna give it a shot. So anyway, without name. Huh um what's your next
1: movie oh sorry i was too caught up in the vivarian plot (laughs) synopsis i don't think that's going to be a movie for me it sounds (laughs) you know i'm not into that surreal dream logic type of stuff that other people like it's not my thing um the next game (laughs) i have next movie i have because you cannot talk about outdoor movies unless someone is hunting humans so there's this movie that came out in 1994. It stars Ice-T, Gary Busey, and Rutger Hauer. Ice-T plays this homeless dude. And Gary Busey and Rutger Hauer like like, we, we're going to pay you a huge amount of money to come out to our cabin in the woods. Just hang out with us for the weekend. And they get him out there and it turns out their plan is to hunt and kill him and then it turns into like this action movie where he's trying to hide yeah. from them but he's also i think maybe a vietnam vet so he's kind of hunting them right back uh-huh. um what is the name of this movie what it, it's really good what is the name of this oh it's called what is surviving the, the surviving the game it's uh, directed by go. Ernest Dickerson, who was the cinematographer on Do the Right Thing, and Malcolm X, and a bunch of other movies. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, it's a really good movie. Um, mm-hmm. Ice-T, I think it's one of his earlier acting roles. I don't think he had done like carried a film before. He's really good in it. Huh. Um, and again, it's kind of an action-y movie maybe i shouldn't have put it on here because it's not really a horror movie but unless you consider but if that, it's interesting why not yeah I mean, it's I've never interesting. it's it, awesome i think it may have even been a made for tv movie it is a weird uh-huh. movie but it's i mean when i worked at scarecrow we played it uh two or three times a year just because yeah. everyone in the store is like oh i love that movie so I wanted to put it on here because again I'm trying to do lesser known things. I think we both yeah, are that's doing kind of what well I'm with that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So surviving um, the this game, is
1: actually... 1994.
0: I'm going to bring up in the horror community. I think this is really well known, but if we have people that aren't, um, you know, as familiar, um, Ravenous from 1999 by Antonia Bird.
1: Oh. Oh wait! You're thinking of the zombie movie. I'm thinking of the cannibal movie.
0: No, I'm thinking about the cam- cannibal movie. Okay, the, where he's 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 the uh, they receive reports of a missing person at Fort Spencer, and so yeah. it's a uh, remote army outpost. It's, a, it's and, in the 1800s. Well, yeah, and uh, he goes out there. And it's and it's oh, well, I guess it's not really a zombie. Well, anyway, he eats people.
1: Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> Skinwalker.
0: Um something like that. Yeah, and so he's he's out in in the middle of nowhere by himself and uh and he's a wounded frontiersman who's trying to uh get his way back to to uh to town and such and uh they start heading Oh, well, actually no, he's not by himself. He's with his regiment. But things start going horribly horribly wrong. It's this wagon. They find a oh. Uh, but uh wounded frontiersman who is telling the story about this uh, wagon train murdered by its supposed guide. So, but it's creepy and weird. It's got Guy Pierce uh, Robert Carlisle, um Jeffrey
1: and, Jones, uh, who and David Arquette are both also in it. And it's, yeah,
0: it's,
1: yeah. It it's kind of the kind of horror you get with like the Donner Party or Alfred Packer, yeah. except with supernatural elements. <laughs> to me, it almost feels like a vampire movie. Yeah. In in some ways. And a lot of that's because... It does. Robert Carlyle is amazing in anything, and he's amazing so good in it. in it. He's very, very good. Yeah. All right, back to you.
0: Gosh, my belly um, is making so many noises.
1: I hope the thing is... Like- I kind of was hoping you would have this movie on your list, but you haven't brought it up yet. And it's called The Last Winter. It's a Larry Fessenden film. I I
0: kind of liked it because uh, it has Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah, um, Ron
1: Perlman does a lot. And, to sell and a I film. do
0: like me my <laughs> I do like me my Larry Fessenden movies. Um, I enjoyed it, just not as much as some others that I've
1: seen. Okay, yeah, it's about a crew that's hired by an oil company to go up and drill in mm-hmm. this beautiful virgin country up in Alaska, and it's very eco horror. It's definitely eco horror. Um. There are these weird creatures that come mm-hmm. like mute like ghost caribou maybe um and kill people. I I liked it a lot.
0: You've mentioned this a couple of times and I I bought the the Larry Fessenden Scream Factory set that they put out mm. and it's it's Blu-ray and everything they do is just beautiful and it you really make me want to revisit this
1: yeah i lot. i bought it like right after i watched it which i hardly ever do because mm-hmm. I, I have a problem with buying movies <laughs> and i worked <laughs> at a video store yeah so it was yeah i had to back off of that but i did buy it as soon as i <laughs> saw it because i did really like it um larry fessenden yeah. never makes movies that aren't interesting in some way it's true, even if he even that dumb giant and, fish movie that you were talking about that I was like, that's dumb. yeah, it's interestingly yeah, yeah. dumb. though. it
0: is, and he he does a lot with very little, um, and it's it's really funny to kind of even talk about that right now, just because you know the way that the movie industry is changing right now with everything being shut down, and all of these movies are shut down and the movie theaters are shut down. they're, they're not showing anything and everything's being released to VOD. And I, I've seen a couple people like in the industry talking about the fact that a lot of these studios need to stop making these huge, kajillion dollar movies. Million. Yeah. Yes, because they're always going to lose money. Like they need to follow like the Blumhouse model of doing smaller movies with less money, mm-hmm. more interesting stories, and doing things like that so they're not just like losing their ass anytime you yeah. know, something doesn't as- perform spectacularly. And, and then we get more interesting movies because you're doing less with more. Yeah. But, you know, something's going to change because, like, a lot of these studios have, you know, a lot of the stuff is coming straight to video. And they're not getting that money that they thought they were going to get by these theatrical runs. Yeah. And and we have no idea how how this big epidemic is going to change the industry and And hopefully it does. And hopefully we have some good smaller movies that start coming out. Yeah. um, When we start running
1: normally again. So we've been talking a lot about outdoor movies. But I noticed neither one of us has mentioned any movies that take place in the ocean. Technically out of doors. And I wanted to talk about The Shallows. Ooh, I really like The Shallows. And it was, I talked about it a couple of times with Jim and I did not put it on my list. Yeah, it's it's. Basically, it's a, almost a solo performance by Blake Lively. Who does a she, fantastic She's so show. good in it. And um, she's a surfer. She goes out to this isolated beach with a couple of guys that she meets. They decide they're going to go back home, and she wants to surf a little one last wave by herself. They drive off, and she gets attacked by a shark and she yep. makes her way to this little tiny rock outcropping in the middle of the ocean yep. and the shark is trying sh- the shark is stalking yep. her
0: yep and it's just it is genuinely terrifying it is and um and and done just in a well enough way where you're like you're just in
1: you're and, in and yeah and you're on up. the edge of your seat you're like wow this is this is crazy this is so good yeah and it has this
0: you know, it kind of goes with its wrap up. It kind of goes this with this big over the top, but it, it just feels like a, a cherry on the top of a delicious sundae by the time you're, you you've wrapped that movie up. Because yes, it is a little bit, you know, big <laughs> when they wrap up the movie, but you're just, it's, it feels almost kind of joyous and like, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. With this ridiculousness. It just, it just is such a good time. I'm so glad. I am so glad that you brought that up because yeah, it's it was a movie I talked about putting on my list and I don't know why I didn't.
1: What else have you got? Um, I think,
0: I, you know, everything else that I think I have is is bigger. I mean, we've talked about The Ritual. We know Blair Witch Project exists. <laughs> um you know the descent like everybody knows the descent um i think the last smaller one is kind of along the same lines as um the without name uh it's the hollow um which oh, is yeah. another fae kind of elven uh it's a, it is it is kind of a changeling story of that- a man who and his wife and child who are out uh kind of caring for and surveying uh, this small wooded area uh, that the the village very close to it seems a little frightened of. And warn him off of taking the job and staying in the area and especially of going into the woods at night.
1: Right. And they have like a little um, workman's. They live in a little house in the woods that was built yeah. for the workmen. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I it, you know. What do you I, I do?
0: liked it. as a creepy, weird little story and... um there aren't that many, like, really good um, changeling stories like that, where you're, like, constantly guessing, you know, is is the baby, you know, is not the baby. It's right. Like,
1: uh, like, the, I felt like The Hole was a really good one of those. It uh, uh, was a good changeling story. Uh, where you didn't God, know if that, that was their, her kid or if she was going mm-hmm. crazy or if the kid had yep. actually fallen in the hole and died and she was imagining Would've everything. Happened. Yeah, I really liked yeah. that one.
0: So good. Did you have anything else that you were
1: trying to think about? I've got a couple other movies on the list. I've got In the Tall Grass, which is a newer movie. came out last year. And um, I really like it. I think I have talked about it in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, It's based on a Stephen King novella. And it's Mm -hmm. basically these people stop their car, and there's a giant field full of over-your-head tall grass across the street. And... They hear someone in it calling for help, and they go in to yep. help them, and then they can't find yeah. their way out of the field. Yeah, and that's such it is. There, so good. Yeah, and there's like a weird time slip element going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I really like it. Highly recommend it. And my last movie is from 2013. It's a field in England. Oh. I didn't, did you only see that recently? Because I, I
0: thought we had talked about it and I didn't know Mom, if you'd seen yeah. it or not.
1: I no? I, okay. I don't remember when I saw it, what may have been recently. I've been home okay. o- alone for a long time. <laughs> so, time has no meaning anymore. <laughs> time has no meaning. So we should talk about liminal space movies because time has no meaning in my living room anymore.
0: Yes, um, that's very, very true. It is a creepy,
1: strange movie. Yeah, my description. It's so stylized. I, what I have written down for the description is: deserters from a seventeenth-century English Civil War run afoul of an alchemist, or is it just the mushrooms? <laughs> that's. I mean, that's
0: apt. That's pretty that's, much yeah. That's the they're whole movie in, right there.
1: They're in a field, and this alchemist is trying to get them to do things for him, and mm-hmm. they're they don't want to, but they all end up having to. And it's a, like a forecast. It's like four people in the cast. It's a tight mm-hmm. movie, but it's weird and hallucinogenic also. Hallucinogenic also. So that's what kind of why mm-hmm. it was last on the list. It's definitely not for everyone. Yeah. I liked it, but I don't think I want to watch it anymore again. It's, yeah, it's it's a
0: one-time experience. It's a one-time yeah.
1: experience.
0: I, I saw it right when it first came out, and I think I'm I'm about to hit that point now where I like I'm, I'm I kind of like want to watch it again, but it yeah. may or may not happen anytime within the next ten years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one I'm going to bring up, um, I kind of was like mm, about bringing it up because I know I've brought it up for other podcasts that we've done, but I just never hear anyone else talk about it. Is the monster? Uh, oh, which um i had that on my yeah, honorable I mention on, list it <laughs> just really that movie it, it just emotionally upset me because the mother is just so terrible um and it's it just kind of hit home a little bit for me um but a, a mom is uh driving her young teen daughter to um she thinks it's to visit her father who lives a ways away. Um, unbeknownst to her, her mother is leaving her with her father because um, she would rather her attention go to her drunk and abusive boyfriend. And while they are en route um, through this very rural area, um, a monster hits the car and uh, disables the car and the entire rest of the movie is them trying to escape uh, from this thing that has uh disabled their car and it's just
1: frightening and tense and right and like kind a guy stops to help them an ambulance shows up all kinds of stuff happens so it's not just a movie about these two people so they're not just stuck in a car that there's a lot of surrounding action that's really interesting as well
0: yeah yeah and it just it it was so weird because it just kind of like um showed up and disappeared and it's like the people who saw it uh you know it kind of hit them but it's like for some reason just it just never got really widely talked about so all right well this was an awesome episode you've talked about so many movies that <laughs> that i've never seen and now they're all on my list um except for stranger by the lake i, I don't think i want to watch stranger by the lake you know you know it's it's a good movie I ever... for some
1: people it's just like a... They've ever to see a lot of penises. It's What's Yeah, penis? and it's not really a... And it's not a film that is showcasing Fine. them. It's just that everybody happens to be naked. <laughs> they just exist. Yeah, it's not like they're saying, <laughs> they just, Ooh, they're we're being naughty. No, it's just like there's a bunch of naked guys walking around. It's not... <laughs> I know. Yeah, just I know. Sad. But it is it is distracting. They're just so French. It's very they're French. They're walking
0: around of their new... They're nude beaches. It is like
1: the most (laughs) miserable looking beach. Seriously. It's just a bunch of rocks by a lake. There's people (laughs) reclining on towels as though they are comfortable. They're not comfortable. You're reclining on rocks. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, I will wrap this up. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Thank Thank you. Have a good one. Bye.
1: Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash
0: don't read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes
1: and tell your friends and themes about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>